Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of EXP Culture Cast. This is EXP's official diversity, equity, and inclusion podcast. We're on bi-weekly, and this is the podcast about what makes us us. I'm your senior manager of diversity, equity, and inclusion. Cody Gilkison is always your host. This is episode 17, and today we're talking about a really interesting topic that came up organically while we were at EXPCon with somebody that's dropped by our booth. So you know what? We have the person who dropped by the booth to have the conversation here today right now. Uh, please join me in welcoming Maria Dominguez, who's here to talk about job stigma. Hi, Maria. Hi, how are you? I'm doing great. Tell everybody a little bit about yourself. Give us a little background. Well, I've been in real estate now about 20 years, most active since 2011. Got into the industry the second time around due to a life change. I'm also a missionary. As you can see, I'm a realtor on a mission. So that kind of, you know, combines my love of serving my community and the world by doing real estate. That's awesome. Tell me a little bit more about that missionary piece. Where do you go for your mission work? I go everywhere. And it's actually one of the things that really attracted me to EXP because for me, I wanted to retire in either Puerto Rico or Mexico. And it just so happens that they opened up those two areas on the same day. And I was like, that's a sign for me to join EXP. And, you know, I've been, like I said, everywhere. I've been to Cuba a couple of times, Ecuador, the Dominican Republic. This past summer, I was in Hawaii. I've served in Puerto Rico and, of course, Mexico every year during this time of year. So very active internationally, as well as in my com in my community. I also have a homeless ministry. I work with um, marginalized people, women coming out of the life of prostitution, children, you name it. I'm a server. So... I'm a missionary that's at heart. Amazing. You know, homelessness is an issue. If listeners of this podcast will know, that's an issue that is front and center for me. I'm on the board of directors of a nonprofit that uh, that helps with LGBTQ homeless youth yeah. um, called Sherlock's Homes. And um, I, uh, I, yeah, that really speaks to my heart. I love that. So today we're talking about job stigma. And specifically what we're talking about is the job stigma related to when a realtor has a sort of other job, right? A, a nine to five, or even if it's not a nine to five, a something else that's a regular steady income and how other realtors have sort of created this environment where that is stigmatized, right? Like you don't Correct. care enough about your career, right? Do you want to talk, just talk a little bit about what we're talking about here. So what I've noticed, especially in this last year, is a lot of conversation. It's like this whole narrative of if you have to go out and get another job, and I'll say another job, hmm. it is frowned upon. I mean, it's it's coming from within the real estate community. And of course, you know, our clients, our buyers and our sellers also feel like, hmm, you know, why are you getting a second job? And it's really, really hard mentally as a realtor anyway. And then you add on this extra layer of I'm not good enough. I have failed. Like something is wrong with me. And I honestly believe that we really need to change that narrative and it needs to happen sooner than later, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. I'd completely agree with that. So how do you think the stigma around having a second job affects a realtor? Oh gosh. 
what I'm talking about today, I'm going to use me as an example. I think getting a second job. Okay. First of all, let me back up a little bit. I'm single. So I'm a solo agent on a team. I'm a single person. My income relies only on me. When I am struggling financially, I have to take care of my bills. There is no savior. There is no, hey, you want a handout? It is on me. And I think when I even suggest that I'm going to get another job, people look at me like I'm crazy. Like, really? Oh, but I thought you were doing so well in real estate. It is definitely frowned upon upon it's not like oh yeah go take care of your family go take care of you more so it's looked at you're not doing enough you're not working hard enough um my skill set is fine but then it starts to mess with my own psyche about maybe i'm not good enough and i've been in this industry for 20 years um and i've read a lot on social media recently where people are saying hey i want you know i need to get a second job and people are like oh you're not doing enough. Oh, you need to just take that time and go knock on doors. Mm. That's not what we need to hear right. when we're trying to take care of ourselves and our families. Yeah, I feel that. And, you know, I, I've said this before and I'll say it again. I uh, applaud anybody who does real estate because it is I'm somebody that that is really reliant upon knowing exactly what is going to be in my account every oh, month. Exactly. Right. So the, the prospect of real estate scares the living hell out of me. So that's something that if I ever were to do it, I would do it in addition to yes. day job. Right. Yeah. And I think people that come into it from that mindset are sort of in a different class of realtor. Yes. Right. Yes. Than, than those who do it full time. I'd even okay. say my um, my uh, DEI events coordinator, Stephanie Pernet, who's behind the scenes running this gig right now, is she works for me. She's also a realtor, a pretty successful realtor. So it can be done. Right. It's not. Uh, I think I think that's a, a. A part of the stigma breakdown. We like to give stigma breakdowns about when we look at this. Right. Look at this from outside and break down the facts, why mm -hmm. it's sort of not realistic. It's kind of silly, right? Yes. And uh, as a grown person, we are all entitled entitled to be able to manage our time as we see fit, right? Correct. If somebody says to you, I believe I can manage my time well enough to have a part-time or full-time job and still find the time to make my real estate career thrive, then saying to them, I don't, think that is a path to success is second guessing their ability to make their own decisions as an adult. Correct. And, you're <laughs> right. undermining them. and it's unfortunate because it yeah. can be done. And I know people that do it. I mean, my mentee works a full time job, does very well. She's in management and she just closed her. I want to say fifth transaction due to close another one in January. Oh. She has a family, she has kids, a husband. It can be done. However, it is truly about time management, but I think she's the exception to the rule because if she had not closed, let's say five deals, six deals, people would say, well, you know, hello, see you work full time. How can you really, you know, um, give proper service to your clients? And luckily they were all her family. So they knew that she worked full time. But I think as a client looking in, they would also frown upon it as well.
Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can see that. So can you give us um, a little bit of your personal experience of what it's been like managing and balancing your second career alongside your real estate career? How has that impacted your professional life and how do you manage that? It's very tricky. Um, I'm currently not working a second job right now. Hmm. So I'll say that. But in the last, what, 12 years of my real estate career, I have worked in and out of a recruiting business. I was a travel nurse recruiter prior to real estate. And a lot of times my clients will ask me to come back and help them. Or I'm like, you know what? I need a break. And I go and I work temporarily for different clients as a recruiter. One of the biggest challenges that I had carrying both loads was truly the balance. Because a person that you're working for nine to five is paying you per hour. So their expectation is that you are committed when you are there. For me, I'm working in my little cubicle, but in my mind, I'm thinking about my clients. Oh my God, please don't call me because I can't show you a house in the middle of the day. Um, So that I think was the biggest thing. Secondly, it was those phone calls and those text messages during the day that I knew I couldn't get to. So what I ended up doing was I created a sign and I literally organized my day saying, okay, from you know eight to 10, I'm working for Mr. Job. And from 10 to 10, 15, when I take my break, I will follow, those phone, follow up with those phone calls. Same thing goes during lunch, I'll follow up with the phone calls. After I get off work, I'll follow up with the phone calls. Because the majority of the time I'm working with buyers. So hopefully they're also working and they're not wanting to have these lengthy conversations during the day. If I were working with a seller and doing listings, those phone calls are less frequent unless I'm negotiating a contract. Then it's me and another agent typically that are having that conversation. Um, I've also learned to partner with other agents. And I think that is very important if a person is thinking about having another job. For me, I have someone, I introduce my clients at the very beginning. Hey, this is my partner and she and I will be handling your transaction. If either one of us is not available, the other will take over. If you have a question, talk to this person. And a lot of times if it's a buyer, they're going to be my showing assistant. So if you want to see a house during the day, it just came on the market my partner is going to handle that for you. So I think it's really important for me to set it up from the beginning when it comes to working another job. That's brilliant. I, yeah. And I'm a, I'm a Google calendar kind of person, right? I set up everything when I'm supposed to take my medication. Don't forget to brush your teeth. Like, I mean, I have ADHD, so I have to. (laughs) And a majority of the time clients want to see a house after five o'clock anyway, or on the weekends. So if they are working a typical nine to five job, it can be done. However, I think there's a lot of stress during the day because your fear is like, oh my God, if they call me, if they call me, if they want this. So it's really important to set it up from the beginning Mm -hmm. that you have a partner or a team that you can use while you're working another job. Right, essentially delegate, right? Yeah. And Most we see definitely. that so much with a lot of our icon agents where, you know, I know, I know icon agents that don't do any of their own showings. Right. And that, you know, it's just something that they've been able to manage and delegate and trust somebody else with. And that's a, a beautiful part of the real estate industry. Right. Exactly. 
Yeah, that's great. So what um, perceptions, misconceptions, judgments do you think that somebody having a second career um, faces? From a client point of view or from within our industry? Why don't we do both? Let's start from the client perspective. Sure. From a client perspective, I think that it has to do with commitment. Mm. You know, they see themselves like, well, even if we're not working a nine to five, they think that they're, it's just them. Yeah. So if you even say to them, I'm working another job or I'm not available Monday through Friday from nine to five, they feel like, how are they going to take, how they, meaning the realtor, how are, how is the realtor going to take care of my needs? Mm. The realtor, they're not going to be available when I may need them. Um, they also may feel like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, they couldn't, they, the realtor couldn't cut it in real estate. That is why they're not working a job. So it's almost as if they're saying, oh, you're not good enough because you're working a second job. They don't care the reason why. They just know that their needs aren't being met and they may want to work with someone who works full time in real estate because in their mind, they're going to be better taken care of. Right. Wow. Mm -hmm. So maybe it's that professional image of, you know, my realtor works two jobs like that. Why? You know what I mean? So I think in their mind, they're just like, oh, this person may not be someone that I want to work with mm. um, versus someone who's a full time realtor, maybe has a team, maybe has all of these other um, accolades with being a full time realtor. Yeah. So how do you how do you address that kind of skepticism or criticism from a potential client? Um, like I said earlier, I think it's super important to set it up early in the process. Mm. If I know that I am going to be getting a job or that I am currently working, I already have done my due diligence in making sure that I have a teammate, a team, a partner already set up. So that when I go to Mr. or Mrs. Seller buyer, I say, hey, Here's my team. We are here to take care of you. There really shouldn't be any mention of like, oh, by the way, I work a full-time job. Yeah. How that? How does that come up in conversation? I personally wouldn't even bring it up. Yeah. I would say, I am here to serve you. This is my partner. She does the showings or negotiations. And you see a lot of teams on our local MLS and they will say, for any calls about the property, call, you know, Jane Doe at one, two, you know. So it's already set up like that. I think that we just need to set it up from the very beginning. The problem is if you're trying to hide it and you're trying to do everything yourself, then that's a whole nother issue. Because if when your client calls you, they're going to expect that you pick up or that you respond quickly. But yeah. if you tell them, I answer calls during this time or if you want to see a property and you can't reach me please reach out to jane doe that's great yeah mm -hmm. i think yeah setting setting expectations and level setting before is great and i i agree but why should it come up yeah that's great i love that so um let's talk about the perceptions or judgments that you get from others in the industry oh boy <laughs> let me let me readjust my seat <laughs> <laughs> 
you know, it hurts my heart. It really, really does. So when you and I met a few months ago, there had just started to be this narrative that I was starting to see a pattern in, and it frustrated me. Number one, I had heard of a broker who unfortunately committed suicide. And I think a lot of it had to do with this was not a good year for her. She was really struggling and she didn't want to say anything to anybody for fear of judgment. Mm -hmm. Lately, I have seen on all my social media platforms in my real estate groups where people are like, I need a second job. I need another stream of income. And the comments that come from our fellow brothers and sisters appall me. Mm. And, you know, work harder. You don't have the skill set. Um, it's agents like you that make us look bad. I'm so glad you're leaving this industry. That means it's more for us. That is not what we need to be telling each other. Right. We have people that are struggling financially and they're trying to take care of their kids. They're sending kids off to college and they're the ones that are responsible for that tuition. We have, you know, people in this industry that have small kids. We have solo parents. We are the full gamut of the world in terms of types of people. And we don't know the reason why someone needs to get a second job or a second stream of income or maybe a third stream of income. And it's really not our place to tell them they're not good enough. Mm. I recently, um, participated in a business planning clinic. And one of the things that came out was you have to work twice as hard next year to make what you make now. And I thought to myself, well, that's not what I want to hear. Uh -huh. Right. Um, we just need to stop that narrative. We, we really, really do because there are a lot of people who've been in this industry for a long time and their, you know, their credit card debt has now gone up because they're trying to pay groceries and trying to do this, as a realtor full time. Yeah. And so we're 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 kind of digging ourselves further and further into a hole and we're not talking about it. And if you say something, you get the backlash of you're not good enough, you're not working hard enough. Well, then people are not going to talk about it and they're going to stew in their failure. I think mm -hmm. is the word I'm looking for. They're going to stew in that. Even though they're not a failure, they're trying to take care of their family. They're trying to take care of themselves. Right. And it's not it's a, a failure, failure to go failure. and reach out. Yeah. It's the perception of failure they're stewing in. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. And, and it, it kind of diminishes the thought, too, that, I mean, we do, unfortunately, live in a society where the smallest bump in the road can financially strap you. Right. Yes. I mean, college is a big one, but how many of us have medical expenses? Yes. You know what I mean? How many of us, especially now, natural disasters, you know, yeah. running around, burning our homes down and all this kind of business or, you know, flooding. And you never know when you're going to have some bill that right. has to be paid. Right. And a majority of realtors don't have even medical insurance. So that's a whole nother topic for another day. But, yeah. you know, get the flu, get COVID, get, I mean, I was down for almost a month in September. And I, it was awful, mm. awful. And all I kept thinking about was, oh my God, I gotta make that phone call. Oh God, I have to, I have to, instead of really sitting in and getting well, I was just thinking about the consequences of me being sick, mm. which is unfortunate. Yeah. Yeah, that's, this, that's another side effect I hadn't really thought about. Yeah, you don't exactly get sick time. <laughs> we get no sick time. Mm -mm. Yeah. 
right. and people still want you to take care of them. I mean, I had, I had sellers that were mad at me or a seller mad at me um, for not responding quick enough. And I'm sitting there with the, you know, with a fever and a hot mess. But that just reminds me that we're one bill away from being bankrupt. Mm. You know, it's true. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Most of us are. Yep. Yeah. So what do you think? What what do we do to counteract the stigma there? Or what can what what actions and steps can we take, you know, to counteract the the stigma coming from within our industry? That's a great question. I mean, and I thought about what could we do differently? And I really believe it starts with education. Mm -hmm. You know, we have a lot of people coming into the real estate industry, you know, looking at all these, you know, real life real estate shows. <laughs> That's a whole nother thing. Um, <laughs> seeing all these real life, you know, reality shows about real estate, making it look very easy. But what they don't talk about is how to prepare. So education is key. Yes, you want to become a realtor, but this is what you need to do aside from the day to day task of being a real estate agent. Financially, you need to have six months worth of expenses saved up before you even step into the real estate world. A lot of people want to do it full time. The question should be, are you financially set to do real estate full time? I know agents who never close a deal in their first year. Right. There's an establishment period there. Yeah. Right. Right. Uh, secondly, we need to have a, another set of educational tools available to us saying, this is how to prepare for downturn. This is how to prepare for the ebbs and flows of real estates, the highs and the lows. You know, I don't see that. I don't see us having financial literacy conversations around realtors, mm. you know, have a financial analyst come in and tell us or financial planner come in and explain to us the importance of pulling certain percentages out of your commission checks every time you get a closing and put it away. That is your money when times are going to be slower. Mm -hmm. Secondly, I think that we do need to have open conversations about depression in real estate and about if you don't do well transactionally. Let's talk about that. If we don't you know, do as many deals as the person next to us or the person on your team or the icon agent that you see all over, let's have a safe space for us to have that conversation. And again, we don't have that because I feel like we feel like we're going to be judged if we're not doing well or we're told, you know, strap on your boots and, you know, get to work harder. So education, having an open discussion. Um, and I think the final one really is just really changing the narrative and changing the story. And that would be something that we really can't control, but maybe right. highlighting people that are working a second job and using that skill set to benefit their real estate career. Let's have that conversation about how it's important to maybe have a second or third or fourth income stream and right. how that skill can benefit your real estate career. Oh, and I think finally one would be, let's really talk about collaboration. Let's talk about community mm -hmm. over competition because yeah. thankfully I'm a part of a team. And I tell you, I can go and serve on my mission trips because I know that I have my team to help me when I need it. Mm -hmm. 
And that also should apply if someone is working a part-time job or a full-time job. So we need to really talk about the benefits of collaboration and community versus always talking about that solo agent who is struggling out there by themselves. Yeah, that's brilliant. And I think, you know, uh, there is an aspect there where one EXP can help. Right. Yeah. You can you can find your tribe, find your community there. And most of our groups have some version of a referral network or a referral yes. sharing space that can help your business. But also, if you're finding folks in your own local area through that network, then you've just made a partner right yes. in the industry, in your area that you can have these kind of relationships if you're yes, not. Definitely. on Right. Um, I think that's brilliant. I want to go back to what you said about the, uh, the the positive contribution. So in what ways do you say can having a second or third income or career um, contribute positively to the real estate industry? I think that <clears throat> when you have a second career, there are certain benefits of a second career um, like skill set that you mm. could bring over to real estate. As I mentioned before, I was a recruiter prior to real estate and sometimes during my real estate career. And I think the skills that I've learned with talking to people and going through a checklist and just really learning to engage with people benefits my real estate career because I'm doing the same thing, just a different, um, a different transaction. Also too, when you have second and third streams of income, I feel like the pressure of real estate diminishes. Mm. You can, I, I just see a lot of agents, they're in the hustle and they're so unhappy. They're just struggling. Yeah. And I believe that if you have a second, third income, it gives you an opportunity to really enjoy the process and not stress about, oh my God, when is this going to close? When is this going to close? When is, where's my money? You know, it just <laughs> takes the pressure off a lot. Yeah. That can be really super toxic. So mm -hmm. I, I love that thought of taking a little bit of the pressure off of some of our agents that are wound so tight and feel like yeah. they have to push so hard and compromise themselves in a way. Correct. Right? Because they like accept any client, you're like, mm -hmm. yeah, right. Um, and there was the third one. I'm trying. Oh, your second and third career—that's a whole set of new clients. That's true. You know, and a lot of folks. I don't want to talk about real estate when I'm at work, meaning their other job. I'm like, why not? Because you spend a lot of time with those people, and you know they're working, so you know they're employed. Hopefully their FICO score is pretty good. <laughs> and so you're like, hey, if you, because if you're looking to buy a house and usually that conversation will come up organically, that's your client right there. And then you can work around both of your work schedules. So that's a whole community right there available to you because you're working another position. So yeah. you may not have to go out and call your, you know, sphere of influence or door knock incessantly or, you know, post on social media, but you can have conversations with people at work during your off time. Yeah, no, that's, that's brilliant. I, I think back to working an office job when I was in the banking sector and in a building with 400 or so people in it and how often I would hear somebody say like, I got to get out of the house I'm in or, you know, all of those things that were I an agent, it would be like, 
or I'm yeah. renting and I really need to leave or my landlord's selling the house or raising the rent, they're right there. So that's, and listen, you know, I, I feel like in those situations, even if you're not making a deal, not making a transaction, that's real life experience with talking yeah. to a prospect. Correct. That's Correct. great. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have even thought of that. That's fantastic. So how can, this is the last one. It's a big one. Sure. How can the real estate community foster a more inclusive and supportive environment for individuals who choose to pursue a second job, recognizing that it might be a practical necessity for many rather than a reflection of their commitment to their primary profession? What can we do to foster a more inclusive Wow, community? that's a lot. Yeah. I think... I think talking about it is big, right? Yes, I mean, for I'm, me, I'm, I think I'm, I'm a talker. Podcast. You know, and I right. think I think you know some people might be asking, like, what does this have to do with diversity, equity, and inclusion? But diversity, equity, and inclusion is about all of the things that define us, right? And some right. of us, unfortunately, are defined by a financial need, or yes. or are are you know one of our characteristics, like myself, is I am easily stressed, right? So. This is a, a way for me to uh, address those struggles, <laughs> right? I mean, you talk about taking a little bit of the pressure off of a realtor. That's, uh, you know, it, if it's something you're doing to improve your mental stability, which it sounds like often it is, right? Sometimes yeah. there's more to it, but often it, it does come down to that, right? As at least one of the contributing factors, you know, who are we? to judge. And I think it's important for all of us to recognize what we're hearing today in this episode. And when you see someone having that kind of locker room talky kind of diminishing someone who is uh, expressing that they have a second source of income, right, that we all of us step up to defend our brothers and sisters who may be struggling, right? Or step up and defend our brothers and sisters who are thriving in a way that is different. We're not right. saying that everybody who has a second career is struggling, not by any means, right? Maybe right. somebody found their sweet spot. Right. And their flow. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I definitely believe in having open dialogue about your struggles, whether it's financially you're struggling or I don't know how to close a client or how do I do an open house better? Let's just have all open conversations so that people can feel like they can have that that one-to-one, -one, that connection. Um, I tell people in my office all the time, if you need help, you let me know. Like I may be struggling in the background, but if I know one of my agents, if they're struggling, we're gonna have a conversation. And if it's something that, I can just be an ear to, maybe they just need to be heard. Like, how do I, I feel like, what do I, maybe I'm just here for them to process whatever it is. There's no judgment for me. And I think that we do need to do a better job of not judging each other if we are working a second or third job. I mean, it's okay if other people are working in different industries and they may have two or three jobs, Maybe that's just like what they like to do. For me, I felt working another job also just helped me focus. I focused on clients that wanted to work with me. I wasn't grabbing at anything and everything 
wasting my time. My time was now very valuable. So I'm only going to work with those that value me. Yeah, and that that's was, the theme we hear over and over yes. and over again at our 1EXP, anything real estate, you know, uh, education related. We hear that over and over again is you have to be selective in your clients or you're doing yourself right. a major disservice. I also want to go back to that point that you made about, um, you know, if somebody's struggling and they come to you with that, something that you've got to realize is that it's not just because it's the right thing to do to listen. Mm -hmm. What I'm telling you is being that listening ear and being the person who may be able to help them work through this Correct. is food for your soul. Yes. Yes. Right. Most definitely. That's Most not just a, oh, if you're an empathetic person, not a, it's not a blah, 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 blah. If right. you can lay your head on the pillow when you go to bed at night and say to yourself, today, I helped Maria. Mm -hmm. I'm asleep like a baby. Oh, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I love it. Yeah. And at the day, a lot of people just feel like they need to be heard. They mm. need to be seen and they need to be understood. Not that it's right, wrong or whatever. They just need, they, I can talk right now. They <laughs> just need to know that they matter. And, you know, we need to hear that. Yeah. And, you know, moral of the story for this episode is you don't know what's going on in somebody else's life. Exactly. Right? And if somebody has a second career, it's not your place to judge that. Correct. If they're If they're succeeding in that, cool. Maybe you need to give them a call and learn what you can learn from them. Exactly. Right? And if they're struggling, it's not your place to put your foot on the back of their head and continue smushing them in the mud. It is your Correct. place to put your arm down and help them up. Correct. Right? Correct. And there we are. We've come to the end of the episode. I want to thank you so much for joining me today. It was a, it was a real pleasure. Um, of course, for everybody, stay tuned to our 1EXP newsletter, which comes out bi-weekly on the 1EXP workplace group. Uh, you can also follow the diversity, equity, and inclusion page on workplace. And um, for more information, you can check out the pinned posts, which are now on every single one of our workplace groups about how you can get involved. Um, if you haven't subscribed already, subscribe to this podcast. This is EXP CultureCast. We're available on YouTube, PodBay, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. And we look forward to seeing you next time on episode 18. Thank you, Maria. Thank you so much, Cody. Appreciate you. All right.